y'all, and welcome to the Fix Yourself First with Dr. Christie podcast. This is a show for people who are tired of waiting on others to change and ready to focus on themselves in order to improve their relationships. I've learned from my personal and professional life as a psychotherapist and relationship expert that the only way to have a healthy relationship was when I realized that I have to fix myself first versus waiting on others to change. Thank you for listening to my show and go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss any future ones. Now let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the show this week. Glad to have you here hanging out with me today. We're doing a solo session. That means me and you, no guests, just my thoughts, strategies, and tips. And in today's episode, I'm breaking down the real issue in your relationship and how you can start changing that today. We're going to break down what typically the issue looks like, but then we're going to dig deeper into the real issue or the root of the issue, because if this doesn't get fixed, looked at, and healed, Nothing else matters because you're going to stay in that cycle. We'll talk more about that in a couple of moments. The other day, I was working with a client in a one-to-one, and um, he told me, hey, congratulations. I saw you know, you're celebrating 15 years as a therapist in September. And he also said, do you ever take time to give yourself credit for what you accomplished and how many people you've touched? Because you tell me all the time that I need to do that. And I'm just wondering if you do it. And then it got me thinking. I wonder if you're out there listening, probably like him, or you've worked with me before, taken one of my courses or worked with me, and and you might be thinking, you probably have it all together, Dr. Christie. You've got a perfect relationship, a perfect uh, life. Everything, you know, is going well for you. You, you know, do pretty good at self-talk and all of those things. But I want you to know, like, that's not the case. I'm human, just like everybody else, and make mistakes, have problems, has issues, and have 100% control of how I react and open up to them. So my client had that impression that, hey, you must be going around giving yourself credit all the time. That wasn't the case at all. It's something I have to keep top of mind. So what I decided to do is I want to open up a bit more about what leads me to pick the topics that I talk about with you each week, a little bit about me, background of why I'm so passionate about relationships and people building the best life with themselves and others, and a little bit more personal things to help you as you apply the strategies that we talk about. My goal for doing this is that you see and you realize that you're not alone. You're not out there alone in your struggles. No one's got it figured out all the time. I know I don't, and I do this 24-7. So I'll add more of this into the episodes in the beginning, and I'd love to hear what you think about that. Send me a DM if you think it's helpful that I do this. Let me know if you think it's not helpful. I'm open to your, your critical feedback. It's really important to hear what you think, because I do this for you each and every week. So for this week's update, like I said earlier, the month of September, September the 1st, is celebrated 15 years as a therapist and nine years of being an entrepreneur with having my own practice, which is really cool um, as I think about it. And just as FYI, if you hear any snoring, I promise it's not me. I've got the girls in here with me, my two um, golden retrievers slash great Pyrenees, Pups in here with me, so I'm going to give this a go as much as I can. So if you hear a little bit of snoring, I promise it's not me. Okay, so as you can imagine, I have worked with so many thousands of people through the last 15 years, and I've seen it all. I know a lot of times my friends will ask me, what's it like, Christy, with the work that you do 
you hear stuff all the time. And I do, like, I can't even describe what I do, what I hear. And the cool thing about it is I learn something new every single week and might even be every single day, depending on what I'm doing, what I'm working with and what I'm into that day. And it's really neat to look back and think about all the people that I, not that I really touched, but I've got the opportunity to step into their lives, get this little bit of glimpse of what they're about, what they're into, what their interest is and how they're fixing their own lives and their relationships. And I think back to when I first started as a therapist out of grad school, out of that internship, and then into that first job in that drug and alcohol rehab facility in Jacksonville and had that first group. And I was scared to death. I mean, I was greener than 10 green things. I had the experience of the internship, but it was my first time really alone, solo, running group therapy, running individuals and relationships as this registered counselor trying to get her license. And I I still remember that group. I remember the people in it and they really trusted me. And that's what meant the most to me and learned through their journey, especially those in the LGBTQIA plus group that I started working with 15 years ago and getting to walk side by side through their journey and the different dynamics they were experiencing. I have so many stories and to to share about how I've gotten to go into different people's lives and more on that later. But I just want to thank you for you being here, you supporting me. I would not be doing this podcast right here if it wasn't for you showing up, downloading this and giving me feedback on what you think, because again, this is for you. I really appreciate your support and I could not do this without you. And some of you reach out and say, hey, what do you need, Dr. Chris? You're always giving us, what can I do for you? And I don't need anything from you except maybe to share, share the podcast with someone that you think will find it helpful. I know you have people in your lives you care and love about. And if you find an episode helpful, send it their way or leave a review on on iTunes so people can kind of hear what it's about. And for all my guys out there, or if you've got a guy in your life that you care about, my new men's course is coming out in just a couple of weeks right here at the end of the month. And I cannot wait to share it with you. It's relationship survival for men, get connection, sex without the conflict. What I've done is I've taken my brain, all my strategies, tips, and my frameworks and how to for men on how to get that connection they're looking for and that sex and physical intimacy at the same time without fights, arguments, and that conflict cycle. So if you're interested in this, let me know, jump on the wait list on the episode page, or just send me a DM and ask some more questions. I'm more than happy to share those with you. Now let's jump into the show because I'm giving you a sneak peek into a few of my concepts and strategies that I've created through the years that are actually in the relationship survival course for men that's coming out in a couple of weeks, but I don't want you to wait for that. I want you to go and apply it. And if you've got somebody in your life that can find it helpful, you can go ahead and put this into effect because these things will work regardless of the type of relationship that you're into. So let's start out with what ends up happening in my world as a sex therapist. People either land in the ideal intimacy method for women, uh, my coaching program, or they land in working one-to-one with this individual or couples or multiple relationship dynamics. And then we start sifting through what's going on. And people show up all the time saying, here's what the problem is. It's communication or it's sex, or it's finances, right? So I'm not going to focus on finances because that can fall really under communication in some different areas. So communication and sex is it. They show up saying, hey, we've got this issue with communication. This is our problem. Or, hey, we got this issue with sex, and this is our problem. So here's the thing when it comes to communication. I'm going to break down the three things that pop up 
And with sex, I'm going to break down the eight things that pop up. And then I'm going to take you through what leads these to not be the real issue. All right. So let's start with communication. You might be out there thinking we got a communication in our relationship. Three things might be happening. And these three things are a part of what I call the constant conflict cycle. This constant conflict cycle is this framework that I've built that I see that couples get stuck in. They're having the same argument, the same time, the same way, and nothing's getting resolved. No one's listening. That leads to both people talking constantly, and that leads to both people thinking that they're right and then shutting down and avoiding or pushing away, which then leads the partner to not want to listen. So if you can see me right now, we're going in a cycle because this constant conflict cycle is what damages so many relationships. And it gets stuck in it and just just continues to stay and doesn't get things resolved. So what happens with this is there's three types of conflicts that I've identified in the last 15 years that couples get into, okay? They fall in these three areas in the constant conflict cycle, all right? Number one, it's the here we go again. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The here we go again, same argument, same issue, both of you having the same response, and you get the same outcome. The second is recycling the past. This is one that shows up when one of you have gotten hurt by the partner. There was some, there may have been infidelity, it may have been something said, they may have been like a really low blow. There's hurt, pain, and actions that did not get resolved and healed. Resentment got stuck in there. So what happens when you get triggered, you're recycling the past, bringing that stuff right back up again, Adam which leads you to stay stuck in this constant conflict cycle. Or the third type of conflict that happens is not having respect. So no respect. So this is when, if well, let's stop and break down what respect is. Respect is having admiration for someone's, maybe a quality they have or something that you like about them. You respect them. You hold them in a bit of a high regard. So if you've got no respect for your partner, you're not holding them in any kind of regard because of something that happened, something they did, maybe a feelings that you have over the years, it changes. This will lead you to feel disconnected, hurt, no intimacy, no connection in that place. And that just keeps you spinning. So those three types of conflict in the constant conflict cycle, the here we go again, recycling the past, and the no respect, those feed that cycle and then you keep churning, churning, turning and spinning and don't know what to do. And that's when you want to throw your hands up or avoid or say, I can't even have time to deal with this. That's what ends up on my doorstep, right? I got communication issues. Yep, you definitely do. If one of these three types are blowing up in your face, okay, let's hold on to communication. And now let's go to sex. There's a couple of different sex things that pop up when it comes to these. This isn't inclusive. There's a whole lot of things out there that come across my doorstep. But a couple of the most common ones, number one, differences in desires, right? We've got an issue where I want sex, she doesn't, or I try to I try to like come on to him and he doesn't want anything to do with me. Or what's wrong with my partner? They don't desire me anymore. So there's a desire difference. Number two, maybe you've got some shame, embarrassment, not comfortable with your sexual self. It might be because your body image weight gain, weight change. It may be trauma that's caused shame or disconnection with your own sexual self. It may be those messages you grew up with that told you what you, air quotes, should or shouldn't be doing. And that gets really stuck in there and brings a lot of shame in there. 
The third is rejection. When you are initiating any type of physical intimacy or touch, your partner shuts you down. That is very painful. And then a fourth one is the differences in what you want with sex. It looks different to each person and maybe what you're into, something that you like that they don't like, and it really turns you on, but turns them really off. There's those differences in sex. Another one is that you are not connected emotionally. And this is a really big one because if you're not emotionally connected, it's going to be really difficult to have a sexual connection, especially in longer term relationships. Another one is, understandably, um, is you're not getting turned on by your partner anymore. They're just not doing it. And it may or may not have anything to do with them. Your likes, tastes, desires may have changed over time or your body may have changed over time. It, or it just maybe you're becoming more turned off by them. And another one is pain, painful sex, um, the pain that's happening in your body, a very big, important one. And then another one is things change after you have kids, whether it's your body in birthing and change in your desire or, or levels of want to connect, or maybe your partner had, was the one to bear a child and your feelings and emotions desires have changed toward them, which can be really surprising. You're like, wait a minute, like, uh, I love my kid. I'm glad we did this, but why do I have a change in desire towards my partner? And then the last is when you're looking at not defining sex within the relationship, with that being said, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw my post this um, last week, or if you don't follow me, you need to. I've got a new post up there about desire differences. And one of the posts on that carousel is how you define sex and making sure you're speaking the same language. So these are some different examples of issues with sex that land on my doorstep, right? So we've got all these communication issues in the constant conflict cycle and these issues with sex and physical intimacy. This is what is seen to me when they come to work with me, or if you jump into one of my programs or courses, all this stuff I've talked about so far is the tip of the iceberg, right? It's a little bit of a tip of an iceberg that's sticking outside the water. So you're rowing your boat, you're passing this iceberg. Oh, that's obvious. That's an iceberg. Let me come over here. I've missed the tip. Ooh. Then boom, what happens? You spring a leak because you ran right to the iceberg because all this shit that actually rocks you and rocks the boat is underneath the surface. That's the root, that's the heft, that's the damaging thing. And that's what the real issue is in your relationship. And all that stuff underneath the surface, that big chunk of ice that actually messes you up in that relationship, it's trust. Yep, trust is the real issue in your relationship. Trust, not that tip of the iceberg that you see communication or sex, it's trust. Now stick here with me because here's what I want you to understand. All these issues with communication and sex are legitimate. They're real. They're valid. You got every right to feel however you need to about it. But I'm telling you the root issue in your relationship is trust, the struggle with trust, the inability to trust, trust being disrupted or a problem with trust. Here's how real this is. Most couples only see the tip of the iceberg that's sticking out and they focus on that versus looking underneath the surface. And that's what I want to take you on because if you're not feeling emotionally safe, if you're not feeling connected, if you're not feeling like you can be vulnerable, there's an issue with trust. And one thing to think about with trust, trust doesn't mean, oh, I don't trust you because you cheated on me. I mean, that's one type of trust. But trust, I want you to start seeing trust in a different way. We'll get to that in a moment. But what happens if trust is struggling in your relationship? You've got to disconnect with emotional intimacy. You can't be vulnerable. 
you can't drop your guard. There may have been infidelity that's going on. Maybe it's physical cheating or emotional cheating, where with emotional cheating, maybe nothing physical happened, but there was still that emotional connection. That hurts just as bad. Sometimes it can be worse, right? Especially for some of us that are really emotionally connected, where we can easily connect physically. But if that emotional connection is not there, that says a lot, which means if you went out and emotionally connected with somebody, that can make you feel even more unsafe. So trust is the real issue. That's the root. That's what we're going to tackle next. Okay. So next, I want you to think, what are you going to do about it? You're hearing me so far. You're like, well, that's it. Communication, sex. I hear all that. Mm -hmm, Sounds familiar, but bam, you're right. Trust underneath the surface of how it affects communication, how it affects trust is what the real issue is that has to be healed so that you can move forward. So my question for you, do you want to fix it? and see it improve or not. Now, there is zero judgment for mine if you say no, okay? If you say no, it means that maybe, you know, you you're don't really care a lot about the relationship. You're not ready to make a move. It might be you don't feel like you're in a place of change. You're not really invested. No judgment. But I need you to be honest with your partner. You need to let them know. This can feel like you like are trying to jump off the side of a cliff. You know, your, your toes are hanging there on the side. You know you got to jump but you just can't, you staying stuck in that place is more damaging to you and more damaging to them because if your relationship has got to the point where you are not wanting to, willing to, or you don't see a need to invest in your relationship, you're already checked out and it's becoming more damaging. All right, no judgment. Make sure you fix this though if you look at your continued relationship with yourself and others in the future. But let's say you're here and you say, yes, I wanna do something about this. Before I start telling you the steps to work on this, I need you with your big old yes to commit to changing your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions. Because when you change your thoughts, beliefs, and actions about things that happen in your relationship, you're automatically going to see a difference in feelings and behaviors. It will change. I'm going to give you what to do, but I need your commitment to say, yep, I'm going to fix myself first. And I say this because this may be all your partner stuff. However, you can't change your partner, but if you change how you react, how you think, how you believe, and like I said, with those actions, you will see a shift in those relationships. Now, let's talk about what you're going to do about this. You've been listening. You know there's issues, communication, sex, but now you know underneath the surface, the real issue is that trust, that big old whammy that you got to take on. I wanted to tell you about the trust method, and this is a method that I've created through the years. And I'm going to take you through the four steps for the trust method that's going to help you look at trust differently, be able to speak about it differently, and then be able to repair with your ongoing actions. Remember, all I can do is give you this framework. I can't go and make it better for you. But I need you to know if you follow this and buy into these methods that are proven and do work, you will start to see that shift. Now, again, you make these changes. If your partner doesn't change, you can only do so much. But at the end of the day, You want to say, hey, I've checked all the boxes. I did everything I could do. I couldn't do any more. I can't make them change, but I know I did all I could. And that's our goal for any of us because we're only responsible for bringing our 50% into that relationship. Okay, let's jump into the trust method. This is in full detail in my relationship survival course for men. But I'm going to give you kind of a glance at it because you need to go be applying this today and not waiting for that to come out. Number one, what I want you to do first is I need you to define trust. I want you to think outside the box about what you have been taught about trust, how you view trust, and maybe that quick definition that pops in your brain. I'm inviting you to think about trust differently. 
Trust is not all or nothing. It's not black or white. Trust isn't a light switch we turn on and off. Now, it might feel that way, but think about it. If you've ever been in a relationship, maybe in the past or currently, and, and you've got some trust issues and you say, oh, I don't trust them. If they're still in your life, there's some type of trust there. You can't be connected to someone if there's not some form of trust, some value of trust. So I want you to really stop thinking, oh, I don't trust you. I don't trust you to do that. Well, that's not true. You're still connected. So there is some trust. That's what takes us to step number two. I want you to begin to scale trust on a range of one to 10. This is a realistic range. And why I call it a realistic range is you're going to be somewhere between a one and 10. And your trust for that for your partner may be um, on the high point, maybe at a seven or eight because things are going really good, maybe even at a nine. And then they may say something that might be a little hurt for stings a little bit or something that just pisses you off, whatever comes up for you. And that might bring you down to maybe a five or four. And then they may do something nice. And then that might pull you back to a seven. So as you can see, you're going to be moving up and down this realistic range of trust on the scale of one to 10 every single day. As long as you're breathing and they're breathing, you're going up and down this range based on actions and behaviors, yours and theirs. Because they may do something that's not a big deal, but maybe because you're past, you've been hurt, you've had so much happen to you, you may put them way low at the bottom of the scale when it comes to your ability to trust them, even though it might be something that's not a big deal. But you see, wait a minute, that scale went down. If you're in a relationship with them or a friendship with them or anything like that, you're at least at a one. So this idea, why well, don't trust them? Well, you do because you're still with them. So that I'm challenging you to define trust differently and put it on this realistic range scale. The third part of the method is I want you to see that trust and intimacy are in tandem. They move at the same time. We got trust that you're now thinking of differently. And next to that, we got intimacy. And remember, for us here, intimacy is connection. There's 12 types of intimacy and all these different types of intimacy are just different ways to connect. So as Trust goes up, intimacy is tagged right there with them going up at the same time. As trust goes down, intimacy and connection goes down. If you say something sideways to your partner that comes out really ugly, what's going to happen? They may pull away their physical intimacy. They may not want to you know, hang around you. They may not want to spend quality time with you. Intimacy goes down. But when you say something nice and they feel more connected, they may pull closer to you. So trust and intimacy are so connected there in tandem, which is why if trust is on a high scale, there's very good intimacy, 12 types of those intimacies going on. When trust is low, intimacy, the connection is very low. And if you need more details or actually you do need more details, if you don't know the 12 types of intimacy, that's possible within your relationships. There is a podcast episode on that. Make sure you go check that out. I'll make sure I link it in the episode page, you can always go on drchristyoverstreet.com forward slash podcast and check those out. So now that you are got the first three, you're on to the fourth step because you now can define it. You're now scaling it and you know that trust and intimacy are in tandem. Can't have one without the other. Now is the hardest part. Now you're responsible. Now you know about this method. Now you have to ask yourself, is what I'm doing helping or hurting trust. So when you say something sideways or ugly, let me tell you, when you ask yourself, does this help or hurt? I can tell you it hurt. It is not rocket science. 
when you're a jerk or you say something off the cuff or you're passive aggressive or you're just aggressive or you're avoiding shutting down or you say something mean, you are hurting trust. If you quickly say, you know what, I'm sorry that came out wrong. I'm dumping my stuff on you. Sorry about that. And you mean it and authentic and then you don't keep doing it. Trust goes up. So everything that comes out of our mouth, every action that we take does one of two things, helps or hurts trust. And I want to encourage you, if you ask yourself this question, this is the assessment that you need to be doing for yourself in your relationship. And remember, you can't make your partner do it, but if you do it, they'll start seeing this and modeling this and that change is going to get upon them as well. So that's your four steps for the trust method. And I hope you now have a better understanding of the real issue or that root issue in your relationship. And you are ready to jump headfirst into working on yourself so you can bring your half to the table because remember, that's all you're responsible for. Make sure you share this episode with your partner. Ask them if they're interested in working on this because it's going to take both of you working more days than not on how you show up in your relationships. Or if you're not currently in a relationship, Keep working on fixing yourself first. You're going to have to have this really secure and feel good about it so that you're watching out for those red flags in the future. Because when you're looking for a future relationship or you're considering a future relationship, you want to know where they stand with this. And remember, if you're a guy, make sure you you uh, keep your eyes out. The Relationship Survival Course for Men will be out very soon. I do want you to send me a DM on Instagram at Christy underscore Overstreet. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Was it helpful? Um, any feedback you have? I'm always open to it. And I really appreciate you being here and hanging out with me. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening to my show. Your support means the world to me. Remember, you can always be a guest on the show to get your questions answered, or you can email me your questions on my website. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving it a review on iTunes and downloading all the episodes. You can access all the information I discussed today in the show notes at christyoverstreet.com slash podcast. Until next time.